So if we can stand to honor God's word, Acts chapter 26, starting at verse 27. It says in Acts 26, verse 27, I'll give Joe Nathan a chance. Oh, he got it. He's quick. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? Paul is speaking. I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am except these bonds. Amen. Brother McAtee, would you ask the Lord's blessing today? Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So the title of this message is Almost Persuaded. Almost. The word almost is, you know what it means, right? Very nearly, but not exactly or entirely. Almost. Almost. Persuaded is to make someone do or believe something by giving them a good reason to do it, or by talking to that person and making them believe it. Persuade. Anyone here ever been persuaded? The, the Greek word, the Strong's definition for persuaded, is to convince by argument, true or false, by analogy to pacify or conciliate, reflexively or passively, to assent, to rely, Agree, assure, believe, have confidence, make uh, a friend to obey, persuade, to trust, to yield. That is the Strong's definition of that word persuaded. Persuasion is not always a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Uh, there's been a lot of times in my life when someone told me, um, I wish I would have listened. Has anyone ever told you that? I should have listened. I've had that happen a lot of times. Uh, times that I've warned people of something and they decided to not listen and to do their own thing anyway. And there were some that were bold enough to say that I should have tried harder to convince them. <laughs> they came and they said, I should have listened. You should have tried harder. You should have tried harder to convince me. Anyone ever done that, said that to you? I remember um, a time when I was in junior high school. I went to Gold Oak, and, you know, we were having a revival, and I was calling my friends, and, and one guy, I called him, and I was just really trying to convince him to come to this revival. And, man, I was just, I was giving all these reasons why he should go, all the arguments. I was just saying all this stuff, and he just didn't give in. And so I just gave up. And I remember that Monday morning when I uh, got to school, he said, you almost had me convinced. I was like, oh, man, I stopped just a little short. I should have just a little bit, just a, maybe a few more minutes. Maybe that would have been enough. He said, you almost convinced me. You almost got me. Have you, any, 
Anyone heard someone say that? You almost got me. You almost had me on that one. Sometimes that's not always good. Somebody comes and makes a joke and teases you a little bit, and, and you're like, I'm not sure if that's true. But you almost had me. Uh, there are some people, um, uh, they tend to joke a lot. You guys have heard that story about uh, the boy who cried wolf. And uh, He's just out there. He's just lonely, tending those sheep, and he just wants some fellowship, some people to hang out with. And so he started yelling wolf, and people came running. Run and it wasn't a wolf. He just, you know, oh, just kidding. You know, do that a few times, and then finally when the real wolf came, no one believed him. You guys remember that story, the boy who cried wolf. Um, there are times when someone might regrettingly say, I almost did it, and now I wish I would have. Have you ever done that? I wish that I had gone to the altar or... You, you ever felt like you're in a service that you wish you would have went and prayed for somebody? Or maybe during the week you wish you would have called somebody. You just felt like, I think I should call them. Um, or maybe just been persuaded just a little bit to do the right thing. There are those in Scripture who were persuaded. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He said, for I am persuaded. The question is, are you persuaded? Do you have that same persuasion? He said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. He was persuaded, but are you persuaded? Acts 13, 43, now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Acts 18, 4, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Acts 19, 26, moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. This is a complaint by Demetrius, who was a silversmith, and he was complaining about the Apostle Paul. He said, here he goes, and he's persuading people to turn away from Diana. So <clears throat> Paul was persuaded to go to Jerusalem even if he had to die for the name of the Lord. No one could persuade him otherwise. And so he was there, and even they prophesied over him, and they said, You're, this is not going to go good for you. <coughs> In Acts 21, 13, Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? 
For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying the will of the Lord be done. They were trying to persuade Paul to not go to Jerusalem. Philip's daughters, they they prophesied and they said, it's not going to go good for you. You shouldn't go. And Paul said, I'm going to go. I'm committed to this. Even if I have to die, I'm going to go. And when they saw that he was persuaded, have you ever been persuaded? Whatever it takes, whatever the cost, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do what I should do. And Paul was persuaded. 2 Timothy 1.12, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's a pretty awesome thing. The thing that you've committed to the Lord, he is able to keep it. And he was persuaded. Paul was persuaded. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Oh my, my! It just jumped pages on me. Wow! I have to go back. I didn't. You guys saw. I didn't touch it. It just jumped pages on its own. Wow! Hebrews eleven thirteen. That's where was that at? Way somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get to it. <laughs> Hebrews eleven thirteen. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. But King Agrippa, how we read in the very first, he told Paul, he said, you almost, almost persuadest thou me to be a Christian. What would it like to be stand before God and to have that memory? I was almost persuaded. I mean, I was that close, almost, but not quite. Luke 16, 19, it says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great goal fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that, I, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went into them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. If they're not going to hear the ministry of the word, if they won't hear that, it, it, they're not going to be convinced if somebody rose from the dead and came and said, hey, you don't want to go to that place of torment. You want to make sure that you get your life right. They're not going to, if, if they're not going to hear the word, they, they won't change. If they're not going to hear Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even though one rose from the dead. And I've talked to a lot of people said, man, if, it, if, if, if I could just see a miracle, if God would just do this one great big thing, then I would believe. Then I would be persuaded. What would it take? And, and I think, and I, I have talked to people. I've argued with people. I said, if you really just open your eyes, there's miracles all around you. Everywhere I look, I see the miraculous. So what would it take? Some people, it doesn't matter what. They are not going to be persuaded. They have the word of the Lord, and if they will not hear that, then they won't be persuaded even if somebody rose from the dead. Now, there was, uh, now this really, this, there was this something I heard on Biblos, Jesse, a couple weeks ago, and it just really got me thinking. And Brother Nathaniel Urshan was speaking, and he just said something in passing, and it got my attention. And especially since I had just spoken about the sower who goes out to sow seed, and he mentioned something about this. And I'm not going to go through that whole message, but I want to share some things. Because he just focused on one of them, the one by the wayside. And I want you to think about this, and I want to try to share this. Matthew 13, 4 says, you know, the sower, he goes out, he sows seed, and there's four different types of soil. There's the wayside. You know, there's the, the stony ground. It doesn't have a lot of depth of earth, and there's that which is among thorns, and then there's the good ground. And we get to decide what kind of soil we're going to be. We get to decide if that seed is going to take root, root in our lives. So Matthew 13, 4, And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up, the fowls of the air. Mark 4, verse 4, it says, this is Mark's version of the same story, It came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And here's Luke's version in Luke 8, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Now, Jesus explains it. He explains this. Matthew 13, 19, I'll read each one of these. Uh, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus explains it. He says, when any man hears the word of the kingdom but doesn't understand it. 
How many times have you heard it, but you didn't understand it? Then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. He heard it, but didn't understand it. And then Mark chapter 4, verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. They hear, they don't understand, and since they don't understand, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. In Luke chapter 8, verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So, the word that they heard was true. It got into their heart temporarily. It was life-changing, but they didn't understand it. Satan, that wicked one, the devil, comes and takes that seed immediately out of the heart of those whose lives are like the wayside. It didn't even have a chance to take root. It didn't even have... There wasn't even a chance for the, the thorns to grow up around it. So the seed that's sown by the wayside, it's fleeting. If we're not careful, it will escape us. It's still the truth. It is still powerful. It is still not to be taken lightly. It still needs to be applied to our lives. It still needs to take root if it's going to make a difference. But if we are hardened like the wayside, that seed will never make a difference in our life because the enemy will come and take it out of our heart. The problem is not the seed, but it is the individual whose life, they're so much like the wayside that the seed will never be able to penetrate. Never. So why is it important that we make every effort to understand what we read? Why is it important that we make every effort to hear what was preached by the messenger of God specifically? We don't want to be a wayside hearer. To almost be there. To almost be persuaded. But not quite. It's their own fault that they do not do what it takes to get understanding. They do not take heed. They do not take a hold of it. They hear, but they do not do. They are careless, they are corrupt, and they are utterly hardened. That's those by the wayside. The birds devour the truth that we neglect to cover. So the seed is not precious enough to them. They don't take heed to the word of God. They don't hide it in their hearts so that they won't sin against him. The seed is fleeting. Fleeting means lasting for a very short time, passing swiftly, transitory, cursory, fading, momentary, short-lived, and suddenly gone. It's elusive. Elusive means difficult to find, to catch, or achieve. It's difficult to remember or recall. Has anyone here had a, an elusive thought? I had some of those yesterday. 
I was sitting in the class, and there were some th- couple things that I thought were just really good. I, I thought they were good, guys. I don't remember what they are. But I just, I have this feeling that they were good. I cannot tell you what they are. But if, uh, when I get home this afternoon, I can go, because I wrote it down, because I knew that this old memory ain't that good. And so I have to write things down. And so when I'm reading the Bible, sometimes I'll, I'll say, man, what did I read that just really jumped out to me yesterday? Ah, my notebook. I go to my notebook, and I got a star next to it. I have no idea what it was until I, oh, that's what it was. I was taking a test yesterday. And in the test, it says, you put your name, said, did you do all the reading requirements? And you say yes or no. I said yes. And it said, list two or three thoughts from this particular book that you read. And I'm like, I don't even remember the book. <laughs> I just finished reading it within the last two months, and I can't remember a thing that stood out to me. And I was just so bothered. And my wife is just like over there writing like, She's writing away, and I'm like, okay, what was in that book that stood out to me? I don't remember. And I sat there for a good 10 or 15 minutes trying to remember. I'm like, okay, are all these going to be that way? So after those class, I started reviewing the books. I just look at the table of contents. I'm like, ah, there we go. Fleeting. The Word of God, if we don't do something to take care of it, to make sure that we get it, we're not going to get it. It's going to be gone. Brother McAtee, I would not have remembered what you preached last week if I didn't take notes. <laughs> it's elusive. <laughs> hard to catch. You know, that seed that's just so hard to get. But I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of great messages. It just reminds me, I mean, I don't want to embarrass any, should I? A relative of Brother McAtee's, not anyone here. We were at Starbucks, Christy and I, my sister Christy, and we were having a little Bible study, her and I, and so-and-so said, hey, have you ever heard so-and-so preach? And I go, no, I never have. Oh, man, he's preaching over there, and we're having a revival, he's a really good preacher, you ought to hit, I go, really, what, he just preached last night, what did he preach about? Um, I don't know, but it was really good. So I have to write things down, otherwise I will not remember. I promise you, I will not remember. Some will not take the time to study God's word because it is not clear to them, right? We read something, oh, I don't get it, but we got to get it. It's not comprehensible to them. It's not easy or obvious enough to them. They hear the word, but they don't get it. It's too hard to understand, so why even try? It never does penetrate, and before you know, it's poof, it's gone. Almost, they had the words of life ministered to them, spoken to them. They heard it, but their life had been hardened. And before it had a chance to take root, the fowls of the air came and took that seed out of their life. Oh, to mine the depths of God's word will take effort. And if you make no effort, then that seed will be gone. No time for it to take root. 
No time for the thorns to grow up around it and choke it out. Your life is so hard that the seed cannot take root. Do everything you can to not lose it. Do everything you can to get it. Write it down. Pay, pay close attention. Protect that seed. Don't let it be taken out of your heart. Love it. Cherish it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Apply it to your life. You may have heard the word, but where is that word now? Has it penetrated or has the enemy taken it out of your life? Oftentimes I have heard something that is so powerful I knew I needed to apply it to my life. There were times when I remembered that I heard something powerful, but I could not remember what it was. Anyone remember? You're like, man, there was something. This was so good. I was on the phone with uh, somebody two weeks ago, and uh, a brother who's not here, and I, I was saying, man, I read something in Bible, by my Bible reading. It was so convicting, and it was so powerful. I don't remember what it was right now. Oh, my notebook. I picked up my notebook, and I flipped back through several weeks, and I go, okay, here's what it was. And I remembered. It was like the light bulb came on. But I knew there was something there that really convicted me and got to my heart. Uh, I heard Brother Readout share this story on an old podcast many years ago. He said, you know, he, he, uh, before he preaches, he'll just pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what is this message that you want me to bring to the church? And, he, you know, this one particular time, he's really praying. He's praying about it, seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, you know, has his Bible, has his notebook, has his pen to be able to hear from the Lord, to be able to bring a message from the Lord to the people. And, you know, nothing. Crickets. And so he goes and he takes a shower and the Lord speaks to him in the shower. And he goes, oh, there it is. Thank you, Lord. He gets out of the shower and what was that? Oh, man, that was so, what was it? And he could not remember. And he was so convicted by that that the next, he said, it seemed like the Lord always wanted to drop these thoughts while I was in the shower. So he goes, I literally had to stop the shower, and I had to get out and go find a pen and write things down so I wouldn't forget. And he said, so he's sharing this, and one of his students sends him some aqua notes. And it's a notepad that goes in the shower. It's waterproof. <laughs> He said, you have no idea how many sermons I've gotten while I'm in the shower. But that seed, it's fleeting. It's fleeting. If you don't do something to get it, to protect it, it's going to be gone. And that's the thing that stuck out to me when Brother Nathaniel Urshan said, he just said that simple phrase, the seed is fleeting. Write it down. I don't care how crazy it is, how off the wall it seems, write it down. And I just started thinking about it, and I put this together. I told you it's a little discombobulated. <laughs> so you and I, were not much different. I remember Brother McAtee told me this. Brother McAtee, I don't know if you'll remember this. Maybe you'll remember this. 
I was talking about how I like to write things down. Otherwise, I won't remember. I will forget. I promise you, I'm going to forget it. I'm almost guaranteeing I will forget if it's not written down. And Brother McAtee said, that's why I like to record on my phone. Is that while you're driving? He'll hit the recorder, and he'll say whatever. You still do that, Brother McAtee? And he speaks into that recorder. You know, before that thought is gone, sometimes the Lord might put something into your life. And so we got to find a way to make sure we don't lose it. That seed is fleeting. It's elusive. Get it. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Chew on it. Meditate on it. Hide it in your heart. Don't let the enemy take it out of your life. That seed that came into your life and could have made a difference, but didn't. Almost. God did it, didn't he? He got the message to you. Didn't he? Isn't that just like our God? He got you the message, but you didn't do everything in your power to keep it in your life, to put it in some good soil, to care for it, to water it, to see what God would do with that seed. And there are a lot of hearers who are very careless when it comes to the fleeting seed. The enemy has no challenge at all getting it out of their lives. It's just laying there, right there on that hardened soil. Here today, gone tomorrow. And you know, that's not the only thing. We need to take care because our life is a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So this seed that's fleeting, we need to do everything that we can while we can because our life is so short. James 4.13 says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Job understood that there's not a lot of days that we live. In Job 14.1, he said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Reminds me, this verse, <laughs> this made me think of something that I heard in one of the classes yesterday. Apparently, Chuck Norris said this. Um, he said, I was a man trapped in a woman's body, but then I was born. For Mother's Day that's coming up. Teacher shared that with us. We got us all laughing. I said, that's a good one, man. I got to remember that. <laughs> I was a man trapped in a woman's body, but then, you know, I was born. First Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Almost, but not quite. Have you ever said, I almost did it. Man, I wish I would have now. John Wesley 
had a sermon titled, The Almost Christian. He said this in his sermon, Almost Christians go through the motions of religion without committing to a relationship of loving God. Almost Christians. Almost persuaded, persuadest thou me to be a Christian. There's a guy by the name of Reverend Brundage. He ended one of his sermons by saying this, He who is almost persuaded, persuaded is almost saved. And to be almost saved is to be entirely lost. I want to be fully persuaded. I want to be fully Christian. There's a lot of almost Christians, a lot of almost persuaded people, but they just didn't quite make that decision. And I want to try to convince you today to be fully persuaded. Many are called but do not allow themselves to be persuaded. They hear the call, but when they walk out the door, it's not long before they don't remember what it was that they were called to. It was fleeting, and it's gone. It's vanished. We need to be fully persuaded to not give up, to hold on with everything we have got, to protect that seed, to allow that seed to be cultivated in our lives. We need to see what God will do. There's an old hymn, and I found this, and I actually listened to it several times, but it's called Almost Persuaded. Here's the words. Almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. Seems now some soul to say, go spirit, go thy way. Some more convenient day on thee I'll call. Almost persuaded, come, come today. To those who are the almost persuaded, turn not away. Jesus invites you here. Angels are lingering near. Prayers rise from hearts so dear. O wanderer, come. O be persuaded, Christ never fails. O be persuaded, his blood avails. Can save from every sin, cleanse you without, within. Will you not let him in? Open the door. Almost persuaded, harvest is past. Almost persuaded, doom comes at last. Almost cannot avail. Almost is but to fail. Sad, sad, that bitter wail. Almost but lost. And that's the message, almost persuaded. Hey, I got through about everything that I wrote. Almost. <laughs> Look at that, man. I finished. I don't think I skipped over anything, really. I probably did because I wrote most of this in my notebook and then I was trying to transfer it over. But almost persuaded, almost persuaded to be a Christian. King Agrippa, who was Herod Agrippa, could you imagine being in that place where he's hearing the Apostle Paul giving a very convincing argument, laying some things down, fact after fact, truth after truth, and he said, you almost persuaded me, Paul. And Paul said, I, I wish I would have. 
not just you, but everyone in the hearing here, everyone who's here today. I wish you would be persuaded to, to be like me, not in these bonds here, not locked up, not in this bondage, but to be persuaded to be a Christian, to be persuaded, to be fully persuaded. Amen. So that's my challenge to you today. Amen. And that's it. <laughs> so if you would like to, I'm going to open the front, or you can stay in your seat if you like. If you'd like to come forward, you can pray. But let's just take a few moments, and um, I would like to challenge you to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I think that the answer that you have, that you need, it's available. And I think that it's come forth many times from the pulpit, many times as you read the scripture, but you need to do something to get that seed into your life and to cultivate it. Amen. Be fully persuaded. you gonna do 